It's the one place in all of the internet where you'll find four guys talking pro wrestling way too seriously. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and WWE superstar AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hi. Hi. Hi there. Hello. Why can't I not why can't I not fade this down? That doesn't make any sense. I can't even hear it. You can't hear it at all? Really? Well that's a weird bit. Cool! You can't get rid of it, and we can't hear it. That's awesome. Well, we're doing things a different way now, and that sucks. I will try to fix that for the next time. But hi, welcome in episode number 418 of Jobbing Out. I imagine that number means something to at least one person in our crew. We'll talk 418. That's the date of something, AJ. Isn't that some sort of of date that might might jump out at you? 418. Hi, uh, Glenn Clark. Brandon Linton. I think Aaron's going to join us in a second. I don't know where he is. It's not as if we all agreed to this time, and then he he just asked us literally as we were supposed to be starting, hey, what time are we doing? Who the F does he think he is? He's the worst. That's a fact. He's the worst, because I know who he's not. He's not... The main event. Yeah. <laughs> and in all of his main eventiest this week, AJ is back with us for a second straight week because finally, finally, I don't have to bleep anything anymore. <laughs> this is like this is like the last episode of WandaVision. We can like right. we can fucking tell everybody like what's going on. Well, Jesus. I haven't seen WandaVision, so don't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a mystery. It's it's a basically the, man's, the show is clouded in mystery the man's, for nine episodes. The man's episodes. been busy. Yeah. He's been busy for a little while. Uh yeah, it's uh, jobbing out and yeah, we have been waiting for this moment for oh my and teasing the shit out of it. Um, you have the literal worst Casey and JoJo ever. Yeah, oh, that's, that bad. wasn't Casey and JoJo. That was an attempt at Phil Collins. You want me to do my Casey and JoJo? I'd love to. Yes. Oh, my life. <laughs> I dreamed of someone <laughs> like you. And I thank God, and God, I God that I finally <laughs> found WWE Most Wanted Treasures. There we go. That's my Casey and JoJo. Um, yeah, this is cool. This is really effing cool, dude. Um, I, I, I guess for people, you know, we know all of we've been. Well, you know, you've been talking to us about it for so long. Um, what, what can you tell people about how this happened, um, and how you got involved with it, and what your life has been like leading up to this moment where the show is set to debut on A and E? True story. Um, I got the gig. Um, not through WWE. Um, I got the gig because my homie Tommy that I went to high school with and we did, you know, football and basketball and the plays together. Um, he's a Hollywood. Hang actor on, list time. list off your plays that you were in in high school, by the way. I was in Annie. 
I was uh, Mr. Bundles and Annie. I was Big Julie and Guys and Dolls. Nice. Nice. And I, w- and I was Officer Krupke in West Side Story. Oh, that's so great. Of course you were. That's so great, dude. <laughs> but the only yeah, reason I was, that was Officer- a given. Keep it the cool, only- boy. The only reason I was Officer Krupke was because I was the only person that could look like adult- an adult compared <laughs> to everyone else. <laughs> Officer Krupke. That's so great. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so uh, he um, knew uh, one of the associate producers for the show when they were trying to cast the role of um, the person I call it. We, there's really not a name for it. I came up with the name Field General because I think that sounds cool. Uh, the person that goes in the field with the legends to like track down their items that we're searching for because obviously. Triple H and Stephanie are running a billion dollar corporation, so they're a little busy. Yeah, not to not, not available to go do all of that type of work. <laughs> yeah, they're not they're not usually ready to go to Huntsville, Alabama, or right. Mason City, Iowa, or all of the any crazy places that I ended up having to go. Um so uh I um she uh Tommy told her when she was like oh i'm working on something with wwe he was like you should check out my boy he just signed with wwe and then she checked out my social media and of course i'm just a media darling so uh she loved it she pitched me to the production team they loved it production team pitched me to the network they loved it and the network pitched me to wwe and then wwe was like uh yeah sure we're not really doing anything with them right now go right ahead and then fast forward eight months of filming and they finally announced the show. So it's a good time. Can what I, I guess what can you tell us that you're gonna be you know, now that do we, we saw I can't have, tell you I can't tell you specific we got a few details pictures of people. Yeah, I can t- I can't tell you specific details of what I do in each episode, but I can tell you like the people like obviously they announced the on the on the graphic, there's not everybody that's on the show, but almost everybody that's on the show is in the graphic. Um, so it's a lot of big, big, big shot callers. I can tell you that we were supposed to do a Bret Hart episode, and we had to switch that with somebody else that I can't tell you who it is yet. But we were supposed to do a Bret Hart episode, which was great because um, I met Bret Hart when I was still playing for the Seahawks. Right. You know, he's, a, he's a Seahawks fan. So that was going to be great. But then COVID made it impossible for someone to get from Canada to the United States mm. without having to quarantine for two weeks. And mm. Brett was like, mm, I'm yeah. not really. Yeah. That thanks. But no thanks on the old sitting around <laughs> for two weeks. Like I'll, I'll pass on all that. Um, you guys like when we we knew about a lot of things that AJ was doing because like out of, out of the blue he would he would text us and he would just sort of be smiling like look what I'm doing right now. Um, but we or would I'd also be, or I'd happen to be in your area and I'd be like, yo, what are you doing? Right, like, what are right. you doing here? Right, exactly, right. Like, oh, <laughs> so, but the other thing too is that a lot of times we didn't like when when you would hear the segments that we were doing that I would have to heavily edit. You're welcome. A lot of that was genuine the first time we were hearing about something that AJ was doing. Um, and yeah, like we knew the general premise, but we didn't know these specific things. And the reactions that you heard from us <laughs> were extraordinarily real. Like we were finding out where he was, who he was with, and what he was doing. And it was legitimately yeah. holy effing shit. Like, Particularly last week. Yeah, that's that's absurd. That's just <laughs> patently. That's such a the thing that is such a mad lib. I still haven't fully wrapped my brain around it just yet. By the way, in case you've been living under a rock, we're talking about it's it, the show's called WWE's Most Wanted Treasures. 
Mm-hmm. And, it's gonna and debut- by the way, I, that name's grown on me because originally the show was called Quest for Lost Treasures, and I thought that was a way better name. And then when they were like uh, Most Wanted Treasures, I was like, oh my god, and he's trying to make it make fill the void for all their cop shows that they can't yeah. play <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then. I was like, I was like, eh, the more I said it, I was like, oh, this you, is actually pretty cool. Like, got, I actually like the name. You've got to so be the black is, man putting over most be, wanted. By the way. Yeah, I was gonna say it is good to be a brother that's actually the host of the show <laughs> and not the person going to jail on him. So that's good. <laughs> that is good. There's no doubt about that. And it, it debuts April 18th on A and E at 10 o'clock. Yes, following um, the they're they're doing a biography series uh, for. A bunch of the legends at eight o'clock, um, leading into the show. So it's a, I mean, it's a big commitment from A and E. It's a three-hour block of WWE programming. I'm, I'm very interested to see how they're going to handle it when, um, there's like a pay-per-view. Yeah, because they're up against the, right. Because obviously, you know, WWE the, it, it airs the the Sunday after WrestleMania, so they'll have some time before the next pay per view. Um, but when that happens, I'm I'm assuming we'll probably just take the week off of our show and sure. come back the following week. But honestly, I have no idea. Let's um, or let's, WWE just doesn't care about the pay per view because it's on Peacock now. That's their problem. Yeah, it's a different it's, it's separation. It's of church and state. It is kind of interesting though because like they have they have made I, a like I, I conscious. Honestly, I honestly assumed that because of WWE's schedule, you know, with Sundays being pay-per-views every once in a while, Monday's Raw, Wednesday SmackDown, I mean, uh, NXT, Friday SmackDown. I assumed that we would get a Tuesday or a Thursday um, night, yeah. night slot, but when they said Sunday night, I was like, oh, okay. No, that's the day, uh, right? Like, that's the best TV <laughs> night of the week. I mean, that's absolutely <laughs> the night it really is. Oh, by, by the way, um, also... It seems like the pay-per-views have tended to end close to 10. I mean, maybe a little bit past, but ever since they switched them to 7, yeah, you know, it's not a terrible crossover. Oh, but still, most- but I mean, they got two hours of other programming they went at the of same course. time. Yeah, I, so I, I, I would tend to lean up with AJ that the most likely scenario is that they'll oh, just... Oh, right, you got you the know, biographies. Right, yeah, right, they'll, right. they'll take yeah. those weeks off and then just pick back up. But either way, I mean, like, you know, we, we, we can do the same thing that we do all the time. You can watch one of them later, right? <laughs> like, that's the way that and it works. And you better watch the damn pay-per-view. That's well. That's exactly. everybody knows. That's how I do it anyway. Actually, exactly. Well, let's let's also be honest. There's a lot of people that are going to watch these two shows that don't even watch wrestling anymore. Correct. Or or, or don't or never have. They yep. might just Correct. think it's interesting. Yep. You know, and, it's on Andy. And that's the cool thing is like people were being like, oh, they announced the show and they said you're all, you're you're in the field with the the legends, but they didn't put you on the poster. I'm like, bro, I'm not the one that's selling the show. The show is. Triple H and Stephanie and the legends. I just happened to get a cool gig and I'm going to, you know, make the most of it and make myself a star in the process. But like, I'm not, nobody's tuning into WWE most wanted treasures to see what I'm doing yet. You're not as big as Triple H. Yeah. I mean, the way <laughs> yeah. to sell yourself short dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, what about, what about this asshole in the middle of the graphic with the weird black hat and oh, the Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who, who is oh, that? That's guy? who that is. Yeah. Oh, he's, been, he's been drawn for a little yeah, while. Who's that guy? <laughs> All right. So let's but cover that's the cool thing. The coolest thing to me about the show for real is the fact that like, like when you watch, everybody always says it's like American Pickers meets WWE, right? But the thing is, when you watch American Pickers, those people are famous because they're on American Pickers, right? Yes, these like, are these are legitimate superstars. <laughs> these are legitimate household names, right. superstars that 
are bringing in the audience themselves, plus A&E's audience, plus the hardcore wrestling fan audience. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's the perfect storm. I, I'm really lucky that I got to be a part of it. Um, and the cool thing is, for me, is that like, and I said this in the interview bite on the show, because the show's kind of like, um, it's kind of like like long form interview style, like like the Last Dance. Um, yeah. With, with archival footage and all types of cool stuff, you know, in between. And then, like, the searches, obviously. Um, so it's, like, the cool thing for me is that, like, I grew up a massive wrestling fan, obviously. Um, I've been a wrestling fan my whole life. And I've watched the careers of every single one of these people for the most part, except for, like, um, except for, like, Junkyard Dog. You know what I'm saying? But, like, uh, like he just happened to pass away before it was, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I, before I got really invested in him, but I've seen all his stuff since, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I am responsible on this show for helping reclaim the legacy of people that I literally view as legends and heroes. So it's really cool to me to be the person that can, you know, remind the world why they should give a shit about Ric Flair, why they should care about Sergeant Slaughter or why they should care about Booker T and why they should care about Andre the Giant. And, and, and it's not just wrestling fans, right? Like, Because exactly. wrestling fans will say, well, we always do. But you're talking about there's going to be an audience of people that, exactly. t- that watches A&E that does. It's just not it's not their world. Right. But like mm-hmm. you get to help retell that story. Exactly. That's awesome. That's awesome. And by the way, it also touches on something that you we deal with you do a lot, which is like it, it's hard to get you to admit that like something's really cool because you just carry this like, well, that's where I'm supposed to be. Like that's the way that I operate. Like this this was all part of the plan. I'm supposed yeah. to be at WrestleMania. I mean, honestly, supp- if I'm being completely honest with you, this was part of my plan. I had when I signed with <laughs> WWE when I signed with WWE. No sells everything. Had, this no I selling had, motherfucker. This no selling motherfucker. Listen, listen. When I signed with WWE, I made myself a five-year plan and a ten-year plan, okay? And the end of my five-year plan was to get a show like this. Okay. And so, I re- and so I, re- my, I respect so that. So my, my ten-year plan became a five-year plan really fast. Okay, and I respect that. But do you still allow yourself to have a moment where, like, and again, we know where you were and who you were with and what you were doing. Did you allow yourself to have a moment at all where you're like, Okay, even if it's part of your plan, holy shit, it's still unbelievably cool that I'm here. Dude, I could I mean, I got to hang out with Ric Flair. <laughs> I mean, what more I have to say? I mean, I mean, I, yeah. mean, I got to go on a, I got to drive around with Undertaker and Kane and tell them how I used the tombstone on the Indies and people kicked out of it. That, that was uh-huh. that was kind of mind blowing <laughs> to me that day when you were tweet when what you were think t- about that, AJ. <laughs> so I I know that won't make the show, so that's why it's funny, but. uh it's uh, they're they were both like, they were both like, you gonna steal my moves and you don't even win with it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be my reaction too. <laughs> That's great, dude. That's great. And then and then I, I tried to put them over even more, and I'd be like, I mean, because I'm not the Undertaker, man. That's why they kick out. If I was the Undertaker, they wouldn't kick out. You know what I'm saying? That's tremendous, <laughs> tremendous, That's spin, tremendous, man. Evan, tremendous. <laughs> Uh, do we know anything about like you know is is the idea to maybe do another season? Is that something that's come up? I know there's no. I mean, out. WWE signed a, a long term deal with A and E, so there's definitely going to be another season. Now, what that'll entail, 
I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, would it be cool for me to do another season? Yeah. But you, you got also, some other things you want to do. Yeah. I also might be at the point of my WWE career where I don't want to take six months off. Right. Right. No, I get <laughs> you know that. What I'm saying? Like, I get that. I get it. So, and, and that can address another thing, which is that, like, I, you know, I've had people ask me, I'm like, bro, I don't know. Like, you know, uh, hey, I, I saw your boy sign with WWE. When's he going to debut? I'm like, bro, why would you ask me that? He doesn't know. Like, what yeah. the, the fuck are you doing this? Well, most for? people don't know until two hours before. Right. Like, <laughs> um, but, but, like, like for. Yeah. Has this has the has doing this, which is awesome and exciting, has it like altered at all, like your your time wise for when you're able to do these types of things? Um, what do you mean? Uh, like could could it be that maybe now that you're going to be introduced to a, a group of people, there would be more of a a, a rush to want to have you on television after that? Oh, I mean, obviously, I, I presume the show is airing around WrestleMania for a reason. Yeah. Um, uh, as so you're now, saying you're in the main event of WrestleMania? Holy I mean, shit, that's huge news! I mean, you know, AJ I, I guess, and the Miz in the main event for the belt at WrestleMania. No, actually, I, I, I'd be rooting for the Miz. Me, sorry, me and Edge, me and Edge are pretty cool. So I'll just take his spot. He'll be cool. With that. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, man! Um, uh, it's dope, dude. I, this, yeah, but like, like honestly, the thing is that like, I haven't been around. Yeah. Because I've been doing the show. Right. So, like, you know how it is, out of sight, out of mind. Now, I'm back. And they just announced the show. So, do I know what's coming down the pipeline? No, I actually don't. But do I think that things are about to get ratcheted up real quick? Yes, I do. That would seem logical. That would seem logical enough if that were the case. That would seem to make a whole hell of a lot of sense if that were the deal. Um, are, are, are you going to be like, okay, how worried do we need to be that you're about to be so famous that you're going to stop returning our texts? I'll never stop returning oh, your texts. Oh, and, so and I'll tell you another thing. If they, eventually they're going to want me to do a podcast for WWE and I won't do it unless it's with you three fuckers. Oh, I tell you. God, God damn oh. it. This, this is how I'm going to sell it. You ready? Yeah. Uh, I'm saying Aaron Oster is one of my very good friends. He's honestly the reason I got back into wrestling when I was in college. And he used to write for NXT for Rolling Stone. He's qualified. Glenn Clark, an actual radio host for sports radio. He's also a very good friend of mine. He's qualified. Brandon got us tickets to WrestleMania. He had <laughs> I knew that was coming. I mean, qualified. We, it's qualified. We, we took this. We took this show to WrestleMania because Brandon had cancer and beat it. He put qualified. It uh, or, or you could just say Brandon had cancer. Qualified. <laughs> also true. Oh, it's tremendous, man. That's so goddamn tremendous. I, I don't know what else to say, man. Um, I'm I'm stoked. I actually am really excited for the show. Um, I'm I'm obviously excited for you. Like that that goes yeah. without saying. But we've told you that for some time. Like when you first started laying the groundwork for what you were doing, there was a part of me that was like, "Is this real? Like, is this is this really happening?" Um, Dude, it it's, it came out of it came out of nowhere too. It was like, it was funny because, you know, what I'm saying it was like, we did a. Like last March, we did a promo tournament because they had just, you know, COVID had just shut everything down yeah. and we couldn't go into the PC and whatnot. So we did a promo tournament. I think you actually told us about that. Like, I yeah, think, I think yeah. you talked about it a little bit on the podcast. Yeah. Yes. And I won it, right? So I won a promo tournament. And I'm not going to put people out there, but every single person that I be on the way there has been on television. Okay. So fast forward 
two more months and they're still dealing with COVID. They don't know how to react. So obviously they're not putting new people on TV. And then I get casted to do the show. So then for the next eight odd months, I'm doing the show and I'm around the PC every once in a while, but I'm not really around the PC. You know what I'm saying? So like now I'm back and now I'm ready to work. I've been working my ass. off. This show took me to, to 60 cities in the last eight months while everybody else was at home trying to not get COVID. I was on the road trying to not get COVID. <laughs> and remaining undefeated. And, and remaining 23-0 and 0 against the COVID test. God damn it. The Undertaker's got nothing on you. Nothing. I'm telling you, man. The streak rips. This is a Bill Goldberg-esque streak. Yeah, I'm going 157-1. and no, one, no, no doubt about it. No doubt, man. <laughs> um... Well, let's, 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 let's try let's to avoid the, the one. one. Yeah, wait a yeah. second. <laughs> also, I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping things get better before you have to take number 157. Yeah, also true. May that be the case. May that be the case. Um, it's so cool, man. It's so goddamn cool. And, and because you guys are my guys, you're the first people I talk to like about the show. So, you know, you're my guys. And by the Aww. way, and by the way, we all managed to keep silent as fuck. Let's keep that, you know, yeah. another, another reason why you're qualified. No, none of us <laughs> yeah. like this is, this is a reminder that, that we did not say a goddamn here, word. Here you go, AJ. Brandon is trusted with, um, <laughs> with secret entertainment industry information on a regular basis. That's all. Awesome. And, and he got cancer. Uh, <laughs> My dad was even asking me about what we kept bleeping, and I didn't tell him. No, I mean See? there there were plenty of people that would ask about what it is that we were bleeping, and I was like, bro, you know, this, I, I can't. That's the way it works. Like if if we could tell you, we wouldn't fucking bleep it. Like, what the shit? There's no way that's gonna happen, man. So I, it's unbelievable, dude. And we will like you know for the in the meantime, you know, we'll still you know you'll still be able to do picks with us, and so we'll yeah. keep doing that. And you know, could maybe we check in more now that you're not out on the road so much? Is that possible? Uh, probably depends on when you guys like. You guys like to film at times that I got to be in the ring. So yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that's important. I guess <laughs> I guess. So let's just do it in the ring. Come on, man. Yeah, right. That I mean, would be I dope. Should be more, I should be more dedicated. You're right. <laughs> hey, we could we could do a show on Clubhouse. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've refused every clubhouse invitation I've been given. I haven't. I said it yesterday on Twitter. And Glenn, Glenn yeah. Tweeted it. it was really funny. Like I haven't done a like other than jobbing out. I haven't done free interviews in years. I don't know why people think that. Like like I know that I have. You know I'm venomous with the synonyms. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I know that's that. good. That's I know good. that I'm the. I can talk the draws off anybody. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that. Interestingly people enough, I, think, I haven't been wearing pants all day because of that. Exactly. <laughs> the fact that people still think was like, oh man, come on my no. I are you gonna pay me? No. Then I only place I work for free is with you three idiots. Because we also oh. don't get paid, and that's the way that it right. works. None of us are getting paid in this process. We're just doing it because we're we're jerk offs that want to talk about wrestling with our friends. Correct. That's, that's, that's what the this, thing, that's the thing that's the thing that's so great about this show, man, is like this show is well. How many years old is this show? Like uh, we five? we did that math six. the other day. It's terrifying. Six. six years. So this show is six years old, and it literally is just like friends talking about wrestling. Like this show is my safe space. There's no other. Like I don't want to do a podcast talking about anything else because, like honestly, wrestling is all I really like. The only thing that I could talk about for hours every week is wrestling. And, and can by, I, hey, can I blow your mind for a second? What? 
I've been on this show for over two years now. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. By the way, I Is said, I, if you missed it yesterday, I also said, I will not do your podcast unless you pay AJ. I will not do it <laughs> unless you pay AJ. I'm not coming yeah. on because. So if you want Glenn Clark, yes, the man beast, you got to That's correct. Me. Alicia Fox called me the man beast. And if you want that, you have to pay AJ because solidarity matters. It's important. We need to look out for each other. You got to pay AJ if you want me on your show. I flat refuse to do anyone's show that hasn't paid AJ. You got it? Got it. That's the way it's going to work. All right, buddy. Uh, love you. So happy for you. We'll be talking more as we get closer to the show actually airing. Uh, you want to go ahead and do your sign-off? For sure. Uh, follow me on all social media at AJ Francis 410. Once again, that is at AJ Francis 410. I just posted today. See, this is the cool thing that I have now. Now that they've announced the show, I can like use all the stuff that I've been gathering. You got, like a year's time. worth of pictures and behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. So, like, now, like today happened to be Ric Flair's birthday, right? So, if you go to my Twitter or my Instagram, you'll see video of Ric Flair chopping me in the chest. Oh shit! I just brought it up. <laughs> so cool. God, that's so cool. Oh, that's oh, so shit. cool. God damn. No, it. you have no idea how good this is. It's so. No, Wait, I'm watching it. If anyone chopped you, you would chop them back. You yeah, can't say that on this it's, podcast it's, before. Flair is fucking Rick going for Flair. it, man. Yeah, he is. He did. He let. Hey, I loved it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's Ric Flair, protect, right? Protect, <laughs> the, protect the business, brother. You know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> It's so cool, man. That's so exactly cool. like I have, and the thing is, like I have dozens of things just like that that I'll be releasing on, you know, from now until the show to try to build up. You know, people are going to love this show for That's real, awesome, like, man. and it's not the show would still be really good if I wasn't the host. Um, but the fact that I am such a mark and have been my whole life, and I can go into a conversation with Sergeant Slaughter and he's talking about Mid-South Wrestling and I'm with him tip for tat is the reason why this show is going to be very cool for people who don't even like wrestling because they're going to get an inside look at a lot of these guys that they never had before. Um, they're going to understand why these guys were such mega stars in the 80s. They're going to understand why these guys to this day are still stars. They're going to understand why Ronald Reagan had... Sergeant Slaughter put him in a Cobra clutch on stage. You know what I'm saying? Like they're going to understand the gravity of how important wrestling is in the, you know, pantheon of American pop culture. So I am really excited for this show. And I thank you guys once again for, you know, being my cool buddies. Brandon, thanks for beating cancer and giving us tickets to WrestleMania 35. <laughs> hey, I'm your buddy too. I just said that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did. All right, uh, there he goes. That is the main event. All right, very good. Thank you to AJ. We wanted to do that right at the top this week because uh, that's been hanging on us for a while that we knew about it, and you know we've been having to lie about it or or bleep about it and all that sort of stuff. So. Glad it's out there. Thrilled for him. Um, obviously thrilled for him. And that's a huge fucking deal, man. There's no way of getting around it. That's a really... And, and straight up, I just can't wait to see it. Yep. Oh, no, it's a really cool show. Like The concept is great. It's something... I, I think, as he alluded to, it would be a good idea and something that I would be interested in um, no matter what. I will obviously be watching every week 
because AJ is a part of it. And we'll um, obviously be talking about it yep, every week. No doubt. No doubt. So that's great uh, by the way, everybody needs to go to his Instagram right now and watch this Ric Flair video. Oh, it's so cool. So cool. This is the greatest shit I've ever seen. All right. So uh, let's get in, obviously, to the Elimination Chamber and where we're headed. I'm hoping that our buddy John Minadakis from Jimmy's is going to be checking in with us as well. Uh, he was chiming in on Twitter about uh, some of the conversations that we had coming out of uh, Elimination Chamber. And uh, also, he was chiming in with me about some AEW stuff. You'll be stunned. Uh, but uh, hope, <laughs> hopefully, he'll be able to join us here in a few minutes. Um, Have you listened to the show before? Yeah, you'll never believe my thoughts on a particular topic this week or his. Um, so, I guess let's start with um, uh, Aaron, of course, uh, made that declaration that got me worked <laughs> up on Monday. <laughs> And boy, you know, you, you looked really smart for all of about, I don't know, 70 minutes or so. Hey, I mean, I was at the time I was right. Yeah, I still disagree no, with smart for like a whole day. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was. In the I don't I don't remember. Whatever. I don't know what time you tweeted it. How the fuck would I know that? Um, look, I, I still disagree with that part of it. Like the even the clean part is only so clean. I would actually argue that now what it appears like they're doing is closer to what I thought the the better alternative was, they just decided to muddy it up before getting to that, which makes no fucking sense. I, I was going to say it's it's very not clean now because of the way they're doing it. Well, it's not, but except they can clean it up quickly, right? Like they can clean it up clean it up quickly because they are moving the time frame. So, the, the, Aaron, your concept was give them credit. Um, they come up with this idea. It's a very clean idea for how to go about doing all of this. I disagree wholeheartedly with that because it it set up a program between the Miz and Bobby Lashley, and that's not a good program. Despite, and, but here was always the thing: it wasn't going to be a program. Well, well it's sort of a mini program. Well, right it is. Uh, well, but here, I mean, here was my basic idea: was that you don't. And, and I actually cleaned it up a little bit later afterwards. But basically the idea was you don't make it about Miz versus Lashley for weeks on weeks and weeks. You had the match, but really, as as Brandon brought up in that tweet thread, it was Drew hanging over it. And you could have even done it in a way where Bobby and Drew, like leading up to it, are basically fighting over the number one contender. But Sheamus knocks out. But that doesn't. It was all great until Raw happened. Well, hang on. That right. doesn't. That doesn't work either. Because if Drew's hanging over, why wouldn't he want to be in the match? He would. That's that's my plan. Like I would have said next week. So we're we'll be two weeks out from the pay per view next week or something like that. Uh, you have Drew versus Lashley for the number one contender. Both of them have valid claims. You have it. You have Sheamus come in. You have him take out Drew. That's why he's not in the match for the pay-per-view. So basically, the Lashley-Miz program is one Raw. I mean, you're, you're trying really hard to pull that off. You still have to do an event with Lashley versus Miz, and you still have to try to sell that. Like, you, you have to. You have no choice. You have to try to sell that because it's a, a championship match. And by the way, we're presuming a championship match that involves a title change at a, at a pay-per-view. You have to do something for that. It's not clean. You can say it. You can you can force it and make it work, but nothing what you just described was clean. It's it's a lot of shit that you're doing. There's a million moving parts in order to try to pull that off. That they made worse because they added six million more parts to it, right? right. Well, like, and right, and right, they right. made it so Lashley was the face in that match. Yes, and that's and that's but that's the biggest problem with doing a story like this, which was the point that I was trying to make, is that for a couple different reasons. 
what we're talking about is that one, the Miz is unbelievably good at what he does because he's so fucking good at what he does, and because the truth is, we've all acknowledged that Bobby Lashley's been doing really good work. Positioning them together was inevitably going to make Bobby Lashley more likable in the process. You can't avoid that, and by doing that, through them, yeah. Also, add to that the fact that they. So d- everything you said is true. Add to it that he's right. Like he did what he did because he made right, a it deal was, with it, the Miz, and he's so kind of getting, getting fucked over. right. He's kind of getting yeah. screwed. Now again, right. you can say, "Hey, he still attacked Drew McIntyre," and like that. That's that has a little bit more of like gray area to it. But you're right. You can be compelled to the idea of like, wait, what the fuck? You know, like you you agreed to something with this guy between the two of them. If you're telling me I've got. I'm I'm positioned with the Miz and Bobby Lashley. I'm definitely on Bobby Lashley's side, like right. unquestionably. And if I'm on Bobby Lashley's side, then I'm inclined to like Bobby Lashley. And if the point of all of this is to get Drew McIntyre going over Bobby Lashley to create a moment in front of fans at WrestleMania, all you're doing is endangering me of liking Bobby Lashley more. And then that dissipates that potential moment at WrestleMania because I'm kind of inclined to like Bobby Lashley. Why do I t- suddenly want him to come around and get his comeuppance? It's yeah, not clean. Like, him, him kicking Braun Strowman's ass does not make him a well, heel. Well, not just not just that. They were using the term resilient. Look at him. But like They were using face terms when it comes to Bobby Lashley, which makes me wonder, like, is is there something completely different going on in your Brock because, thing? Oh, I I think that we Brock? can't ignore that. I absolutely like, don't like, think that we this, should ignore this, that this could be Brock. This this goes beyond this. This seems you know there there's something you know what we just talked about was you know in in kind of our world we tend to like Bobby Lashley. What they did on Monday felt intentional. Like we're yeah. supposed to like Bobby Lashley. You know I agree with that. And by yeah. the way, I'm not. For the record, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not opposed to this being positioning Bobby Lashley as a face champion against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. It's it's again, none of these things are clean. They are forced in a really short amount of time. Yeah. And it, it's batshit crazy. Extremely to do bizarre. This. I right. would say that. But I like I gotta be honest with you, I like it better. At this point, I, I don't like the Miz now, again, if you're knocking it out next week, I mean if they if they're having the title change hands next week. But then what do you do for Fastlane? I don't know. I, I mean, like, that's the thing. It's like you have to have something at Fastlane. Listen, if they really want to get there and it's going to be this forced and messy anyway, I'd say you figure out a way to get Brock the title at Fastlane and have Bobby go it. Like, it's. I think it's really bizarre to give him the – like, if you're going to build this moment or face thing with Bobby Lashley, why give him the belt before WrestleMania could, just to face a heel? Like, that's so bizarre. Could, could right? this end up being a huge schmuck? You know, this end up being a four-way match and well, Bobby... So, it it yes. certainly could be, 100%. This, but this, again, so takes us far away from... The, the word clean yes. couldn't be further outside right. of oh, we're, the conversation. We're, 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 uh, Shane McMahon so got involved. Shane McMahon dirties everything. Well, Exactly. And here's my fear. My fear is that next week is just going to turn into Drew McIntyre interfering in the match, and we're not right. going to get the title change. And then it's going to turn into this cluster F of Sheamus and Drew McIntyre and The Miz and and Bobby Lashley. I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if that's the that's case. Probably but where because, they're going, right? That, I mean, that's I got scared when they said it was on Raw next week because I think. If you're going to change the title, they would have done it Monday or Fastlane. See, I would I think when what, they say 
next week, it starts to feel like some bullshit. But, but this thing. is this doing it next week goes back to the original argument that I made when we had this conversation on Twitter on Monday, which is okay. I hear your your argument for how it could be clean, but getting to that point requires there not being a Ms. Bobby Lashley program. And so what right. I said then, because every argument that you make that involves Miz versus Bobby Lashley negates the idea of it being clean. That that does not work, doing a program between those two. I'm going to like Bobby Lashley. It's going to take away from that moment. But if you do it quickly, if they had done the match on Monday night, had Bobby right. Lashley beat Miz then, then there's no program. There's no time for me to jump on board with Bobby Lashley and to suddenly embrace him. And you can quickly make him the heel champion, put whatever you know lesser face in that match. But, uh, but then at, it goes into the, the pay-per-view title match that absolutely means nothing that you hate. Th- that's fine. I, I, it, it, we've talked about this a million times for Fastlane. Fastlane shouldn't exist to begin with, but if you're going to do it, do it there. Fine, do it. I don't love it, but do it. Do it because that's what you're doing, because this is the, the point of this is to get the Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. Or do Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre at Fastlane with a schmoz, a schmoz finish to give you a another match at WrestleMania. Do whatever it is that you're going to do, but whatever you do, don't do Bobby Lashley versus The Miz. So pushing it back one week doesn't alter that all that much if that was the plan. The problem being, as Aaron, you already alluded to, you've kind of been painting Bobby Lashley as a face. Why would you be doing that if the plan is next week to just give Bobby Lashley the belt to set yourself up for Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania? It, it's... It's a mess. It's a mess. It's an utter and complete mess. And in all of these other people, why wouldn't they want to be involved? To your point, why wouldn't Sheamus feel like he should be involved? Why wouldn't Braun Strowman... Like, th- does losing one match suddenly make Braun Strowman disappear entirely? Like, is he well, just... Well, it did a few months ago. I mean, I guess. Like, <laughs> I, I guess that's how they view Braun Strowman now. Like, he, he really is the big show. Um... I, I I don't know, man. It's a. I, I keep coming back to mess because that's the only way I can describe it. It's a mess, and and none of it logically a mess. I I can't. The only thing that's logical anymore to me is the idea that this, at some point, you realized you had access to Brock Lesnar. But I, if you've got access to Brock Lesnar, why wouldn't you want it to be Brock Lesnar and Drew? I. I mean, the the idea of Drew winning the title again is a sound one in theory. Like, I understand that 100%. But it, they, it's gotten so comically messy that it makes me think that we are missing something big. We're missing something big here because what they're doing doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. No, it makes no sense. Like, there, there, was, there was no reason Braun should have been involved in that match last week. Well, I mean, week. what the fuck was that? that like, that's like... They're intentionally doing like they went out of their way to put Braun there. Like they could have put anybody. They could have put Drew there. They could have put Sheamus there. They could have put anybody in that spot. And they picked Braun for absolutely no reason. Which, again, is probably just me giving them way too much credit. But hypothetically, that should mean something. Well, because and, and having Bobby Lashley beat him and look strong, and having Bobby Lashley look strong should be a thing. And again, that all can work if the point of the if the point of this is now. Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. If if we've just gotten they they had a meeting one day, they sat down, they said, "Look how good Bobby Lashley looks." We talked about these a week ago um and some of the rumors that were coming up about Bobby Lashley 
that you only have so much time. He's not a young man anymore. Like, you know, I don't doubt that Bobby Lashley could probably, you know, look like this for another five years or something like that. But if you want to pull the trigger on a big Bobby Lashley thing, you might need to do it soon. It's weird. This this is not all that dissimilar. No, that's not true. You've done a lot of work with Bobby Lashley. He's been great for a long yeah. time. Like, it 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 does obsessing over Bobby Lashley kind of makes sense. That part of this kind of makes sense. Look, if this is about Bobby Lashley, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. I am too. I I am. I am in too. If if they just decided we're throwing everything behind Bobby Lashley, I'm in on that. It's weird that you would do that in a way that would wash Drew McIntyre. You know what I mean? Like It's weird that you spent so much time obsessing over Drew McIntyre to just suddenly wash him in favor of Bobby Lashley. Not saying it's bad, but it's just weird. It's It's weird. but, But it's Vince. It's very WWE. Correct. Also, did someone in in the room say, not to be super cynical, but did someone in the room say, "Hey, we need a black main event star"? I mean, why now? Right, like somebody would say. Uh, that. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why now. No, but no, but no, no, no. But why now in comparison to say four months? Like, if your answer is because the Black Lives Matter movement, why now in comparison to recently? Like, not because, I, well, well, something behind the scenes happened with a network or something that suggested they should. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying, no, I hear I mean, you. I, 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 you're saying there's why an did they have force? epiphany on, the but I don't know that it has to be that versus just being about Bobby Lashley, that just watching the man well, work. No, but I think, I mean, it, let's say that comment was even made. Like it, there's an obvious solution to this. Sure, I understand what you're saying, but I, 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 I would say that it's more like lo- to me, more logic is the same things that, you, that we've been talking about in this show. We've all been recognizing the Bobby Lashley thing. For yes. months. And going back to the, what I always say about how you should determine, and that this is bitter, right? Because if this was the case, he should have just won the fucking Royal Rumble, right? Like, this is this is what I hate about how the, the Royal Rumble winner should be the guy having the moment. And if your argument is, Jesus, look at the last seven months. Hasn't Bobby Lashley been having the moment? Yes. Yeah. And, and then here's here's the question. If this is about Bobby Lashley... What's what's the play? Because the play should not be if this is about Bobby Lashley, the play should not be win it the title here. Uh, the play you should mean be win week. it at WrestleMania. Right. That's I, what I just and that's, said. And that's what we're talking about, right? So but that, so, that so what's the play? But, I'm, I, and I'm going bit just going back to that. And that's messy too, right? Like that it's it's all messy. It's all so goddamn messy. And maybe the reason why you have to make it messy is because whatever you're trying to get to is messy, and so you need it to be a mess to get to that. So to Brandon's point if the if the idea is to have Brock Lesnar win the title at Fastlane, then you need a bunch of things that mess things up, right? Like, we do this to get more sympathy towards Bobby Lashley because he gets screwed by someone re-in- reinserting themselves on Monday night. He's got a title match. He's been waiting for it. This is his moment. And now somebody else involves themselves. Braun Strowman coming back into the picture. Drew McIntyre, whatever it is. Now Drew McIntyre wouldn't work the same way because he attacked Drew McIntyre. It definitely right. shouldn't be him. But and, you, and that's why this whole thing is mess, 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 mess. Well, but but it could be you know Sheamus, right? Like you purposely make it a mess. So there's a bunch of different options for how you get there. Then Brock Lesnar shows up. Let's just say. You make maybe you in order to pacify uh, Bobby Lashley, you make it a, tr- a triple threat at Fastlane. Brock Lesnar's back; he wants in, so everybody's involved in this match now. Again, you keep it purposefully messy because you want something that screws Bobby Lashley again, 
at Fastlane that makes him warrant and the opportunity at WrestleMania, despite the fact that he lost the match. You, no, you know what you do? You have uh, Bobby win at Fastlane. You have Shane come out and say there's one more challenger after the match. Brock. Yeah, I boy, that's a lot of title changes in a short amount of time, right? <laughs> oh, like but, that's. An, I mean, at, no, the, I think, at this I point, think, no. Here's what you do at Fastlane. You have some kind of Shane McMahon cockamamie idea match where it's like the fat, you know, the fast, la- the eight guy fast lane match or whatever. Where the fast lane gauntlet, yeah, yeah, the road some to bullshit like gauntlet. that, exactly. And then the last guy is Brock Lesnar. I think it's weirder if there's no if the match is over and he's like, you have to compete in another match. I oh mean, well, but I mean, we we saw that exactly with um, Vincent, but you know, back to when uh, Batista fought Cena at Mania, like that was set up because at the end of a night when Cena won, Vince came out and said, "Oh, you have another challenger, Batista, go." Right. Yeah, but that was like Vince McMahon. Like there was a character in the show that was doing stuff like that to people. Well, Shane is. Doing something for some reason. Sure. Well, that's yeah, true. I don't, I don't know what that is. I can't speak to it, and it's awful, so I don't really Bre- want to speak to Breathing heavily. It. Yes, he's doing a lot of that. He's very good at breathing. There's nobody on the planet that is better at breathing. I feel bad because he's got a medical condition, and I shouldn't make fun of it, but Jesus Christ, it is very difficult. It is really, really difficult to avoid the breathing heavily and sweating. It's just so... I'm so sorry. Anybody, I deal with some medical... God damn it. I'm, I'm an asshole. Like, I asshole. don't I don't want to make fun of the medical things that people deal with, but it's just tough when you're on television for me to not be paying attention to that. It's certain things that I know that I shouldn't do. I, I this true to hand to God story. I, I wanted to join the Air Force Reserves a few years back. I wasn't allowed to because I've got some medical issues and that was a real bummer for me and I hate it. It sucks, right? But like we all deal with our shit. We all deal with our own shit. So I shouldn't make fun of Shane McMahon for it, but God, it's hard. It is really hard because he's on television and he is sweating so much, so much. And all he's doing is talking into a microphone. It's very difficult to ignore that. It's just tough. I'll do my best moving forward to, to make fun of him for the things that he's worthy of being made fun of for. Like he's not good at his job. Um, I, I think there is something to be said for, it is clearly not this has clearly not been well thought out, but at this point, it's possible that it's purposefully messy because we have to make a mess in order to clean our mess, right? Like we we've got to do it at that. I don't know. I, I I'm still gonna until we see Brock Lesnar. I was so certain that Brock Lesnar was gonna be there the last time, right? Yep. I I guess now I'm going to operate under. I in oh man, God! I don't know that I can do that. Shit! Everybody, make their bet. What's the WrestleMania main event right now? I mean, I mean that the not the Raw WrestleMania main event right now. The, I mean, if I had to bet, I would still say it's Drew versus Lashley, just because. Like I, I think this is WWE messing up, but you know everything we just said, Brandon. So, so, so well. Here's interesting to add to that first. A little while ago, I had read like. WrestleVotes had said that essentially they've known the Roman Edge thing for. We've talked about it for time. a long time. Yes. We've we've been but talking all of the reports, they, but they had no idea about the other match. Like that was the report was that there there was That's no plan. Painfully clear right now. So, but now they are reporting the Miz is not scheduled to be involved in the title yep. match, but Bobby Lashley is. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Makes so, sense. I, I mean. 
I gotta go. But back we know to what the Miz is, and that's part of the problem with it. Part of the problem is we know what the Miz is doing at WrestleMania. Like that's part yeah, of the issue with all of this right. is they gave him the belt despite the fact that we know it's going to be him and John Morrison against Damian Priest and Bad Bunny. Like that's that's well, the or, worst. Why can't the title be involved in that match? It's probably not going to happen. I'm just going to guess <laughs> that's not going to happen. That's the worst kept secret in in wrestling right now is that they're doing that. And by the way, as I said on Twitter this week, shocker of shockers. I'm actually good with that. Well, I, I think they're going to beat up Damian Priest, and that's how you get Booker T in the match. I don't think so. I'd <laughs> have a bigger problem with that. Yeah. That, uh, the, the reporting was Booker T, not Damian Priest. That's not the reporting that I had seen. The reporting uh, that I had seen had been very settled around that idea. But now, could they go the other way? They could. It's just drastically worse, and it loses any thought that I'm that I'm on board with it. It would be horrendous for them to go the route of Booker T and Bad Bunny. Um, but Damian Priest and Bad Bunny, I'm in for. That actually, again, unbelievably, they've made this work, which is staggering, and I'm interested in it. I'm exciting for it. I mean, like, they could make that a tag team championship match, and I would actually still be okay with it. If they pivot away from Damian Priest, it's fucking pointless, and they should blow it into the goddamn sun. The only reason any of this works is because of the involvement of Damian Priest. And, and treating him as the big star instead of treating him as a lackey to the Correct. Star. Treating him as the guy that it's a big deal that he's doing this and the Bad Bunny is working with him and you're using it to get the rub for Damian Priest. That's why this makes sense. It's abs- It's uh, it's incredible how well they've done this. I, I, I can't, for everything they get wrong, for everything they got wrong with Pat McAfee, they don't, have... Don't go too excited until they replace him with... And by the way, when that happens, I will... If that happens, I will absolutely 100% from the rooftops scream bloody murder about how poorly they fucked it up. But it's, to me, to this moment, has been the biggest upset in recent professional wrestling history that they went down this road, and it works. And yeah. it's it's good, I'm not telling you that I'm, I care about Bad Bunny all that much. I don't, but a lot of people do, and that's making it work. It's and, good. And it, it can do incredible things for Damian Priest. And John Morrison, too, because he's been hysterical. Yes, 100%. Per, there's so much good that's come from this. It's. I know we've said this before, but like, think back to when John Morrison was in WWE like 10 years ago. Like, Terrible. He didn't Jeff show Hardy up. level of promos. Yes, he didn't show an ounce of this charisma. No like, what, where did this all come from? No doubt, no doubt. I'm with you on all that. Unbelievable. I'm with you on all that. All right. Um, what else do we need? What are what are the other big stories? I mean, obviously, the Roman Edge. I, I I feel bad because I do acknowledge that, and I said this when when we talked about it. I, as much I hate it, I hate it. I'm not going to change my mind about that because I don't like the fact that I'm going into WrestleMania not wanting to root for the face in the main event, like. I hate that. I hate that I'm openly rooting against the face in the main event, but I have no choice. It would be an abomination for Edge to go over Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Aaron, what are the betting odds so far for that match? Uh, I don't know if there are any up yet, but I would assume Roman is at least a slight favorite. Would... They they, gener- they generally won't put it up until after Fastlane. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I... I... I like Ben Nash, by the way, is a huge Edge fan. So oh, I... wait a second. Someone they someone literally just today put it up. Um, Edge is a slight favorite. A very slight, slight favorite. favorite. All right. So I mean, I would just hate it. It would be the worst thing they could possibly do to the storyline to have Edge win the belt. It's it's I can't get around that. Now I also, as I said, it will definitely feel big, and I think that's what people have been reacting to is how it 
feels big. It does. It feels like a big match. It felt big when Edge jumped out of nowhere and speared Roman Reigns. It felt like a big moment. It gets you... It just dismisses all of the work that you've done to now. Like, the, this match... You don't have to bring up the words Tribal Chief one time for this match. And maybe they'll introduce it. That actually, to me, makes it worse if they do. But I hate that you've done all this work for so long to now just do something that required none of it for WrestleMania. I, I can't get around that. I can't, I can't overcome that in, in, in feeling the way that some people do where they're just like, wow, this feels big. This feels exciting. I get it. It just also feels like they're telling us that everything that happened before now doesn't matter. And every year when we do that, I'm not going to be on board with it. I'm not okay with doing great work, and particularly because of how good this work was. I'll never be okay with doing good work and then just saying, yeah, but it's WrestleMania, so fuck it all. Well, I think it also depends what they do with Kevin Owens. Because if, if they somehow do something compelling that can make the bridge past WrestleMania, I think it's okay. I think the problem I think it's okay as long as Edge doesn't win. Uh, right. I, I Well, that too. But I think I think the issue is, I mean, like Aaron and I were chatting during Elimination Chamber. He was very unceremoniously pinned. In well, that no, and, and that's the thing. I actually disagree with you there. If this is Although, going wait, to go they back, they trapped to... his arm in the in the thing, so he no, didn't no, get no, screwed no, no, over. No, 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 no. I'm going to I'm going to disagree with you as far as the if there's a way to get Kevin Owens right back into the picture after WrestleMania. I actually wouldn't be for that. Like, if if this is about Kevin Owens long term, go with Kevin Owens. Don't put Edge in the middle of this and go after a, like. Taking him out of the biggest moment to put him back in after the biggest moment yep. doesn't work for me. Nope. No, but what I'm saying is if the works if the work isn't completely erased, like listen, if you're doing this, you're doing this. We're already there. Like there, there's we can't not do it now. Like it's done. But I so, but I can but I explain why I I hate it. No, I, I, I think it's done. Sure. I, sure. I don't want it after Mania. But then what do you do then? I don't know. That's on you. You killed it. <laughs> like this. Yeah, say, this is the Eric. Story. This it's, is the Eric like, Andre I mean, meme. Not a lot of work that's been done that can still be continued because again, Roman Reigns is still not definitively pinned. Kevin Owens. Yeah, but if I don't again, I, and I even think in I, the chamber match, it seemed like unceremoniously in a way. But he also had his arm trapped into. But, but you, do you want me to get excited about that? If this goes back to Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens wins at Money in the Bank, I'll be annoyed. I'll be annoyed. Yeah, I will be too. This is Goldberg then. You know what I mean? Like, this is just someone who's here to wreck your fucking day. I, the whole thing is annoying. It's, I, I, can't get, I can't see past that. It's annoying as shit. You, you've told me a wonderful story. And by the way, to, told other compelling stories in the process and then said, but none of them matter. By the way, remember how you, you guys said, well, clearly it's going to mean something for Shinsuke Nakamura. Nope. Nope. Meant nothing. They did an entire night about Shinsuke Nakamura to do nothing afterwards. They, they've done all of this fucking work to just say none of this matters. Don't watch. Well, to, at least they're not burying him, though. I mean, he's still winning matches every that, week. That's fine. It's nothing that matters. Like Nothing. Yeah, that no. I mean, in, in my mind, Kevin Owens is out of the picture completely. I, I tend to agree. With that. Do, do not, do not go back to it because it's just going to remind me of how much bullshit it is that you didn't pull the trigger. It's it's over now. No. That's that's part of the problem that I have with all of this is that turning to Roman Reigns versus Edge is essentially saying the Tribal Chief storyline is over. It's over. We did it for Unless a long he time. Them. And that's the worst. And that it might as then it better. It's no, better I'm for it to be. Unless Roman beats Edge. 
How could it be over? Because because it's what, what do you do now? You beat Edge. You beat the guy that was better than all the other guys that we said. You create a new star, which, by the way, is the one thing over the past month they've done well and where I could see them going for, let's say, SummerSlam, Cesaro. Cesaro? Yeah. I mean, sure. Then, I guess, maybe. Although, hey, wait, by the way, we're also ignoring the fact there's a pay-per-view. Like, do you think, do you think Friday they do the thing? I think it's Daniel Bryan. That's what I was going to say. Do you think they do the thing where they say, well, Daniel Bryan didn't get a fair match? Yes. Oh, I don't think they're going to have, I don't think Roman Reigns is going to have a match at Fastlane. I, no, I think I think 100% he will, and I think it's going to be Daniel Bryan. I, I, I yeah. could not disagree more. I don't think that they are going to... It When you are trying to promote something as your WrestleMania event, main event in pop culture, I don't think you then turn around in storyline and saying, if Roman Reigns is still the champion. I, I don't they've done think it every single year. They haven't done it every single year, because many years they've had Brock Lesnar involved with this, and they haven't had okay, matches except involving Except for the Brock Lesnar it. years. They've, they've they regularly been doing this in recent years, where once something was the main event, that was the main event. And they just wanted to make sure everyone in pop culture understood that was the main event. But and remember, not the year where they it. had Brock Roman, they definitely did this, because they had Roman fight Daniel Bryan for the, the match. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what year we're going back to now. That that's 2015. He's talking Whatever about. year yeah, that I mean, Roman fought. Brock you're asking you're asking me to go back six years. We just had this conversation about how eras have changed. We literally just had this conversation. But that was a pretty fucking big thing. Well, actually, that was arguably bigger because that was when there was one title. Yes, I understand that, but we. But, changed. but yes, they're different, different mainstream. We've, different Yes, the pop culture side of this, the part where we want this promoted on ESPN and on ma- in major media places. They have they have made sure once they've announced this type of match is happening at WrestleMania, they don't do anything more with it. It is happening at WrestleMania, period. This is going on. We're not screwing with it. I would be stunned if Roman Reigns has a match that it has a a title match. If he and Jey Uso have a match and they do something with you know Edge and Daniel Bryan, right? Something like that, maybe. But I would be absolutely stunned for there to be a Roman Reigns title match at Fastlane at this point. You've got your main, you're, you're, you're advertising where your main event is, and you want everybody on the planet to know about it. To then turn around and to try to do a, a qualification of, well, if he's there, no, fuck that. You're not doing that. Stop it. Stop it. That's not happening. That's terrible. Um, that, no way. No way. Um, but that being said, to speak to what Aaron's speaking to, I'm, I'm completely. I, and this goes to why I'm bothered by it. You can't get me to not be bothered by it because you killed off, you know, wonderful stories in order to do this. And as big as it feels, and I get it, and why other people might be excited about it, it goes back to everything I always say. Don't I'm watching every week. You, you can you can do both of those things. You can both have it be that you have big stories at WrestleMania and big people involved in WrestleMania and make it so that what I'm watching every week matters. You can do both of those things. It's not hard. It's just not. And how you didn't acknowledge what you were doing with Roman Reigns and realize it was getting people to be really interested only to turn around and spin it and say, ha ha, fuck it all, we're going to do Edge. Here's the one thing I'll say about this. And it's not a great defense, and it's not really a defense, but there's one thought process that makes some sense. If they realized Kevin Owens is not winning the title, period. We want Roman to have the title longer, however much longer that is. 
they did it as as Brandon's been bringing up. They've done it in a way where Kevin Owens does not look any worse. Like if if he wrestled yeah, at WrestleMania it, and wasn't that, going right. to win, he had to lose definitively. But, but that's a separate context, right? Like it right. is. It's yeah, a separate no, context. No, no. It doesn't change that you've done this unbelievable. It doesn't change that the tribal chief story and the head of the table story is bigger than Kevin Owens, right? Like right. Kevin Owens has played a role in that of late, but that story has been significant for for how how long are we talking six, about six now? Six months now, about yeah, six, six months. months. And and this Roman Reigns Edge, it, it, it's worse if it's about the tribal chief or the head of the table. I mean, it, it really is. It's a worse story. Oh, which which is why we complained about Edge in the first place. Correct. It didn't fit that story. Correct. It's terrible if that's the case. So either you're abandoning it altogether, or you're using it in the worst possible way. One or the other. There's no good way for the tribal chief, head of the table story, to involve Edge. Well, there is, but it involves making Edge out to be a lot bigger than he is. But, and, but that goes back to the, it's, it's, that's, that's why it's worse. Yes. It's worse. Exactly. For the better scenario is to just abandon the story altogether. To just ignore it. To make Edge versus Roman Reigns be about Spears. To make it be about the fact that they're both major stars and they're going into WrestleMania to face each other. That's that's the story. And make it feel big and like it matters. And that's what people are already feeling. And I get that. And that's cool. But it means that all of the work that you've been doing for months is just gone. It, it's like it never existed. Because now it's WrestleMania and we don't... we. We have to pretend like wrestling's not happening for the rest of the year when we get to WrestleMania, and that sucks. Like I, I, I just can't acknowledge it. Um, it, I, I got to call John. You guys got something you want to talk about for a minute while I'm getting them on the phone? Sure. Aaron, did, yes. did they did they turn Otis heel? Yeah, they did. What the That's fuck what I, was I, that? I was trying to remember. I was like, there's something on SmackDown I wanted to talk about. What? Oh yeah, that's what it was. They've it's very clear at this point that despite the fact think about a year ago. Think about WrestleMania that's and when guy. we were talking about a legitimate WrestleMania yeah, moment for Otis. And I tell you less than a year later. All right, you got a minute? Not only have they abandoned him as as a top level performer, they've abandoned him. I just realized I didn't face. hit mute on my mic. I'm sorry, boys. It's okay. I I, I heard it in the background a little bit. Um I mean, they, they've clearly and utterly given up on him in every way. Every single way possible. They've and big showed him. <laughs> it, it's beyond big show. Like, big show, when they, he turned heel, typically, I believe there was a point for this. Oh, it. no, it's I definitely think, beyond big show. <laughs> like, yeah, this, no, is, this is, this is, this is, is like given it, up on Otis. Yes, like it never happened. Like, like there was never a moment for Otis. Like, the, like he never this existed. This isn't a heel turn to give him a push. This is a heel turn because they're just, they, they're, they're done him out to Rey Mysterio right. or Dominic like, Mysterio. They're, they're done. Yeah. He is not a thing anymore, and I don't think he will be going forward. All right. Um, let's talk about a little bit from uh, WWE. I want to talk a little AEW as well, and also just want to give him another opportunity to talk about the unbelievable thing that he has done uh, for folks uh, in our community in the restaurant business. You, of course, know our buddy John Minadakis from Jimmy's Famous Seafood. He's back with us on Jobbing Out. What's going on, brother? What's up, guys? How are you, man? We're all right, dude. What is, as of this moment, we're talking on Thursday afternoon, what is what is the total right now for the Famous Funds? Uh, 453. That's 1,000. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, 453,000. Um, yeah, so we're marching towards 500 here. Dude, that's unbelievable. Well, the, the, yeah. the, I think I've made two or $350 donations in there, so clearly that's basically been the difference is what's put it over the Absolutely. top is, is the little bit. 
<laughs> hey man, you can joke about that, but you know that, that each one of those fifty dollar donations probably paid somebody's rent for a day. So, I, you know what? Uh, and it's a good thing that if you can, it's a wonderful thing to do. Whatever, and I think that's the what's made this work. There are people, um, prominent people I know that have gotten involved that have made some really serious donations in this, and that's incredible. But there's a lot of us that are that are struggling like everybody else has been, but have just chipped in what we could to do our best to help during all this because we believe in the cause, and that's why this is adding up so much. Exactly, man. That's um, you know, kind of the slogan that we've adopted here is people helping people. And um, that's actually going to be the slogan on our new T-shirt coming out soon. So, And that's what it is, man. Um, and that's the beauty of it. And it doesn't say rich people helping poor people or poor people helping rich people. It's people helping people, man. And that's what it all comes down to. And I think that it's pretty unique to Baltimore. Uh, I'm obviously biased, but I think that it's about neighbors here. Um, anybody who's uh, ever grown up here, uh, hear stories from their parents and their grandparents about what a unique place it is, and it's hard to describe to outsiders. And once they move here, you know, for for college or whatever reason, work, uh, they automatically adopt it, and it's it's really cool to see here on a national level. Uh, it's unbelievable. It's inspiring, dude. Is what it is. It's inspiring as hell. What you guys are doing, and and we should point out. I know we talked about it last time. Uh, the wrestling community has been involved with this for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, both major promotions. Um, you know, Chris Jericho made a pretty monstrous donation. Of course, uh, Roman Reigns and Big E made the calls uh, to some of the businesses. And what that does, and we all know this as wrestling fans, is it really brings that spotlight yep. uh, to those businesses. And they've all contacted us and they said, look, you know, aside from the, the money, the spotlight that you've been able to give us and attract new customers to our place that have never been here before is going to be the effect that we remember five, six years from now. It's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable, dude. This is like this is the way that we want the world to work. You you run a restaurant, and yet you're doing your damnedest to take care of other restaurants and like say, hey, we want you to go and support them too. Like we, this isn't just about us, and we, we don't want to bleed out competition. We want to do something better for the entire city to help out. What a concept! That might be. Yeah, I mean, world. look, as much as I'd love for everybody to eat here seven days a week, I realize that it's probably not feasible. So, For the record, uh, we'd be willing to, just for the record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you would get pretty sick of, you know, crab cakes every day. Oh, Although, man. look, I've been here for 37 uh, I don't days. know about that. <laughs> yeah, you're talking to Aaron, who's now got to live in, in Vegas without him. So. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I think they have a Maryland crab spot out there, actually. So They do, actually. It's not It's not Jimmy's. It's not that good, but it's it's passable. Oh man, that's that's it is depressing. I remember from my time in Arizona, bro. It's depressing. <laughs> like it's really depressing. <laughs> I whenever can, I can travel, you send a I truck out to Vegas at some point? On the appetizers, just to get a chuckle. Oh god. All right. So um, we want you to support the Famous Fund. That's a big deal. Support the Famous Fund. Um, it's an unbelievable thing that Jimmy's has done, and and you're seeing the impact. You're watching the Today Show, and you're finding out about it. It's just it's crazy how much life this thing has taken. And uh, we helped out with. Um, the uh, the telethon I, can't remember, I don't even know what we called that thing that uh, the great eights put together I was a big part of that as well and um, just awesome stuff awesome stuff to benefit the famous fund but we're here to talk some wrestling this week John because uh, <laughs> uh, there's a few things we need to discuss uh, one we haven't discussed yet and we'll save it but you you chimed in on the conversation we were having on Monday about the fallout from the Miz winning and Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre looming. And I heard your argument, and I, of course, I think the world of The Miz, The Miz is unbelievable. Not quite as much as Aaron does, but it's close. 
The problem being, I think Miz is so good that it ends up making Bobby Lashley more likable in the process. And when you make somebody yeah, more, no. dude, Disagree. okay, all what? right. But but then Monday, and, and if you saw, you know, they started it on Monday. Uh, you know, the Miz can play both sides of this. He can play the, hey, I know you don't want me here because you consider me an outsider to the business at the end of the day card um, and piss off all the, the purists. But he can also play the, hey, I paid my dues and I should have your sentiments card too. So he can flip that switch whenever he wants and he knows how to flip it better than anybody. So uh, whether you know they want him to go in there as a face or the heel, he'll be able to pull it off and you know, the scenario that pretty much everybody's agreeing on, um, if they do take that route, and I remember uh, reading a while ago, probably a decade ago, that predictable is not always bad, right? Uh, if you, you can do predictable things and do them well. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Predictable means you're telling a good story. And, you know, if they do decide to go, you know, Miz, Lashley, Drew, I think that it strengthens all three people. It once again, solidifies the Money in the Bank briefcase um, for being a pretty much automatic shoe-in, uh, and we all will forget Otis ever happened. Um, it solidifies the Miz as a two-decade champion, which is you know pretty wild. You know, guys like Goldberg and The Rock do that in their household names. Um, it gives Bobby Lashley the heavyweight championship that's eluded him for so long, so you can always come back to that. And it gives Drew his WrestleMania moment with fans. And there's not going to be any regular fans. These are going to be rabid fans that have been locked in their house for a year and haven't been able to go to an event for a year. And they've watched this guy for a year just do his best week after week to bring prestige to that title with an empty arena. Uh, I don't see any drawbacks anywhere in there. But, um, you know, we don't know if they're going to do that. Nothing's for certain. Uh, you know, but that does seem extremely logical, doesn't it? Well, what did you think about what happened on Raw when they framed Bobby Lashley as the resilient Bobby Lashley who can kick out of power slams? Like, that's a face move. It is, but, you know, they're probably also making him a credible threat at the same time. Um, and, and people haven't been in all in on the Bobby Lashley train for a long time, and especially in WWE. So somebody back there is pulling those strings, and they want you to know that he is world championship material. Interesting. I, I look. I I'm not. First of all, we all agree that Bobby Lashley's been great for the last six since you know this last six to seven months, whatever it has been. And at this point, I think Bobby Lashley's looked awesome, and I think he's. Well, I'll say this. You know, so the Royal Rumble traditionally is um, the best event for a casual fan to enjoy, Correct. and that's when a majority of our non wrestling fan patrons watch because everybody can get into that. Sure. And when Bobby Lashley came out. Uh, everybody, almost to a man in the bar that does not watch wrestling, said, that's the guy who should win. That's who I think of when I think of a champion. Interesting. So he's got the look. Uh, you know, I don't know if the Mike Stills will ever be the best, but the, you know, the, the promo he cut on the Miz on Monday, I thought was the best one of his career. Um, he's he's I agree passable that. on the mic. Yeah, By the way, the, the, the scenario I, I, you're talking about is not the scenario, because the scenario you're playing out is that you keep all three of them in. And that's more interesting to me because then it almost kind of doesn't matter if Bobby Lashley comes off as likable because if Drew McIntyre pins the Miz and 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 you know it, it's kind of lame that you would pin somebody who's not the champion but if Drew McIntyre pins the Miz at WrestleMania it does still accomplish all the things that you're talking about even if people find themselves inclined to root for Bobby Lashley in the process 
I think you, you can take many directions here, and all three guys come out looking strong. I think the only one who uh, could teeter on the edge of losing credibility is the Miz, because if you have these guys just beat him down and you know not give him uh, credit as a as a wrestler, uh, as a as a somebody that can actually win a match, it could hurt him, which is what he's been doing, unfortunately, for the last few months. You know, with the Bad Bunny feud and whatnot. Uh, you know, at some point you got to develop a mean streak. At some point in the next few weeks, he's got to you know bloody one of these guys up and uh, really show a tenacity to him that we haven't seen for a long, long time. What do you think of the? We still we still can't help but wonder if there's a Brock Lesnar factor involved in all this, John. Like we still can't shake that this is WrestleMania and we haven't sure. seen Brock Lesnar for a year. And Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar is a is a goddamn money match. Like that's. That's a, a main event poster you put anywhere in the world, and I I don't hate the idea. Like it it sucks for Drew, who's looked so good and they've done so much for it. It's confusing as to why you would kick him out at this point. Um, well, I would argue that Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar doesn't need a title. We talked about that. Brandon brought that up last week. I don't. So you can do Lashley versus Lesnar on the uh, quote unquote undercard. Keep in mind, we're gonna have two main events this year. But it's two nights. And you can have the Miz and Drew fight. Um, so, look, that's a great, great scenario there. Me personally, I don't see Brock fighting unless it's a packed house. I think uh, he's got too much respect for you know his brand that he's built. And while he does love money, I can't see him going out there with cardboard cutouts and seats. It's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, it's I haven't really thought about that. That's an interesting. My perspective has been more. I don't think he cares about that, but I think the WWE cares about that. And that and they're not going to pay if, him. If there was going to be a Rock Roman scenario, it has to be on hold because The Rock is not coming out in front of twenty five thousand people. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that at all. I don't. Well, disagree plus, with the that company one, doesn't want to pay him to come out in front of twenty five thousand. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff there. There's a bunch of stuff there. All right, um, now let's get to the other thing that we haven't talked about yet, and we can all react accordingly. Huge news this week! <laughs> Massive monster. Earth-shattering, game-changeling, the course of professional wrestling has been changed because AEW has landed a guy that you have not given a shit about. No offense, because I actually I actually like the big show for for years at this point. It is changing the game. It is a massive goddamn storyline. I can only imagine how your life has been shattered by the arrival of Paul White in AEW this week. Gosh. Oh, man. Where do we... It was such a big onion to peel back, right? <laughs> First can, can of I, all, wait, can I, I, start I strongly with this? disliked the, the manner in which they announced it. Okay. Because they yeah. missed their okay. chance for a holy crap moment on screen. By them doing it on a Wednesday morning, to me, shows that they care way too much about ratings. So they were probably yes. disappointed with last week's rating. They announced it on a Wednesday morning with the heavy inclination and the heavy thought that, hey, if you watch AEW tonight and get those ratings up, this guy's going to be on there. So they sacrificed the product for the ratings, and then they pissed off their diehard fans by him not being there. They say he's going to mentor the big men. Um, you know, I watched two weeks ago, and I saw Lance Archer do a backflip. Love Lance Archer. He should not be doing backflips. <laughs> call me old-fashioned. Call me old-school. Um, you know, there's a joke going around that they didn't put Big Show on TV last night because he couldn't get his super kick and flip down in time. <laughs> I have reservations, and I think he's 
probably one of the most respected guys in the history of any professional wrestling locker room, without a doubt. But this really seems weird to me. And the biggest issue that I have with the Glenn, and this is what we talk about, AEW's fans are becoming gatekeepers. Their diehard base are becoming gatekeepers. And I like Star Wars. And, you know, one of the biggest knocks on us as Star Wars fans is we don't let anybody else in, right? We kind of shun them away when they don't know the mythology. Oh, no. Great point. How dare you not know it, who Ahsoka Tano was when they mentioned her, when they had her on uh, by the way, Mandalorian. You know who is like this, too, and it's a completely different group of people? Dave Matthews Band fans are like this. You're or right, every you're band. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, every you know, band's when, fans when are like that. The AEW are doing a huge disservice by not being consistent. So if you're going to knock the WWE for you know, bringing the big show out, after WrestleMania to fight Drew, you have to keep that same energy, as the expression goes, when your beloved company signs the guy. Um, you know, because they're, they're kind of, you know, when you're going to make fun of WWE for Bad Bunny, you know, you have to do the same thing for Snoop Dogg. And I think that's becoming uh, the biggest hindrance to their growth. And I think that's why the ratings haven't been able to grow. It's because they're turning off casual fans by saying you're, you're not allowed here. And if you, furthermore, you can't knock what we watch. And you know, there's a million examples of them being hypocritical from sting to the big show. And it's really just, in my opinion, and you know, to I, Cody I, Rhodes I being John Cena. casual fans yeah. here at the restaurant, it's keeping people away from the product. That's, that's interesting, by the way. That's really interesting. And we, you and I talked about last week that that quote from uh, Eric Bischoff about the ratings. We ended up talking about it on the show, and I, I don't disagree with you. Like this is they're flatlining, man. Uh, and I don't know what the answer is, but um, look, I'm not a fan of the current roster NXT, but I, I will say that it doesn't feel as rushed uh, for a ratings pop. There's a, a, a long, with the exception of the Inner Circle storyline. Nothing in AEW right now feels like it has long-standing potential, right? Uh, and then you know, there's, some, there's some holes in the, in the quote-unquote script. And the one that I can't get over is you have a guy like Brian Cage and the rest of Team Taz, and they're scared of a guy with a skateboard <laughs> and an old man with a skateboard. year old man, correct. We've talked about this so many times. But, dude, what you no, just... John, I'm, I'm glad you brought that perspective. We've yeah. not talked yeah. to <laughs> nauseam hang, about that. Hang on a second. <laughs> but, what, but one thing that you said there, it's to me one of the – look, there's a lot of – but I, I, a lot of people were mad at me about some of the things that I said about the forbidden door, right? And my point was not – I love the idea. The idea of a forbidden door and of the you never know what's happening in theory is tremendous. The problem is – Everything we've done in AEW, you're not telling me a story from start to finish. You're just throwing – you start telling a story, then you throw three other things in. I never really get to that story, and then you give me – you gave me FTR versus the Bucks, which should have been the most exciting thing ever, but you were telling so many goddamn stories that you never told a good, compelling story between those teams. I had no idea. I just I wanted agree, to be and I over. I think that, that match was rushed, and I, once again, you know, go back to – I think that when you have – fans and you know tony khan is a fan uh, of the product they're too concerned about the ratings short-term ratings and the buy rates and they throw things to the wall and hope it sticks as you said and gosh speaking of ftr it's painful watching them uh wrestle right now because they are so talented and they're wrestling a style that they shouldn't be uh they shouldn't be selling to marco stunt in my opinion and uh you know it's another just they really feel like they don't it, 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 
they belong in NXT, don't they? Oh, of course, of course. I mean, and 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 they were the greatest thing ever. When they were in NXT. By the way, John, do you remember when all the AEW fans were were saying when the revival or you know FTR came to AEW? And they were shitting on all the stuff they did with Lucha House Party, and you know, like this is that now. <laughs> you have to be consistent uh, if you're if you're going to protect your product, if you're going to bring new people and more importantly, young people, families into this world that you've created and people are enjoying. You you have to be consistent. You can't, you know, and if you just do a quick Twitter search of you know. AEW Dynamite, you see that they're they're very protective of their product, and it's okay. You can still have a B plus product every week. You're not. It's not realistic to think you have an A plus product every week. It would be like me comparing my Saturday nights here at Jimmy's to a Monday night. It's you. You're not going to hit a home run yeah, every day. Sure. You have to be okay with the singles and see that you have room for improvement to hopefully make it a double next week. Well, we agree. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the sentence that probably I. I, I was gonna under, say I feel like I don't have to say much. The understatement of the dude. This is this is where we are. I just I appreciate the fact that it because sometimes dude it just it feels like it's just me or just us right like let's, we're in a vacuum or right. Something. It really well, numbers don't lie guys and, and they're stagnant and Bischoff pointed to that they're they're very stagnant right now. Wait, and numbers don't uh, lie. Are you saying Scott Steiner's coming? <laughs> you say are you, numbers don't lie. You're saying Scott Steiner's coming. That's that was a good, that was well, a good in, the, in the PC now. His nephew, rather. That's right. Uh, former yeah, former Raven, former Raven, former Raven, Bronson Rex Steiner, who was on this show. <laughs> All right, um, uh, thefamousfund.org obviously is the website. Go there, make your donation, you know, take care of the people that need it as we continue to go through this. I, you know what's really funny, dude? I hadn't even thought about the strippers until yesterday. And then I was like, God damn it. We didn't take care of them too? <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, hey, before I hop off, we got to talk about my favorite storyline, obviously. What happens at the Roman Reigns? Edge main event as WrestleMania, in your opinion. Don't don't do this to me. I in my in my opinion, or I mean, Roman should win. Edge probably wins. Roman should absolutely win. There is no world in which Edge should be the one to dethrone Roman. I, I'm actually. I think Roman needs to win and win in 15 seconds. I yes. I'm. Oh, in, that would be that would be I'm great. In utter agreement. I there is no. And if and if you want to end Mania with a, a face winning, you throw that on the Saturday Night main event. Get everybody worked up, and then next night give Drew the title. I mean, sure. all that works. All of that, I'm good with all of it. I, I, I mean, the, the only thing that I don't necessarily love is you then have the Royal Rumble winner losing in 15 seconds, which feels a little off for the Royal Rumble. But as far as where we're at now, yes. Yep. Yep. If you're going to make that Big E inevitable title win mean something, Edge can't win this match. Oh, you have a Big E. Uh, That's interesting. We've been talking about Cesaro. I had Cesaro. Yeah, we have been talking no. about Cesaro. But Biggie, Big e. man, I'd, I'd be for it. I'd be a hundred percent. I'm all in it. on that. Yep, I'd be. I have. I have lost faith in that, but I'd be a hundred percent for that being the case. That would be tremendous. Oh, I'm. I'm. I'm all in on the Biggie bandwagon. Right oh, now. I, I know. I know that's true. I know that it would basically be if it was Biggie versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. It might as well be sponsored by Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Hey, they're having uh, sponsor sponsor matches at Mania now. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I think I think they're all in on Big E, and rightfully so. All right, Uh, Cesaro doesn't deserve it. I think the biggest thing hurting Cesaro right now is not having the crowds there. Uh, I think the guys on Busted Open 
uh, referenced that, that if the crowds were there uh, during the chamber, that WWE might have reversed their, their course a little bit. But uh, it's one thing for the WWE, I guess, to read 3 million tweets, another thing to have an entire arena chanting for the guy. So I think that's, that's his biggest detriment right now is the support that he's receiving is not being vocalized uh, in person. I I I I don't disagree with that at all. All right, at Jimmy Seafood on Twitter, of course, is how you follow uh, them and and go donate to the Famous Fund and support what they're doing, brother. We love you. We always appreciate love you guys man. too, man. Thanks for having me. Of course. Bye. All right, that's uh, that's of course John Minadakis from Jimmy's. And um, you guys want to say anything more about the Paul White situation? <laughs> you know, here's here's what I will say about it. It's simply and and everything that was said is absolutely correct. There is a part of me that, especially on the commentary side, I've been saying for a decade, I'm really interested in Paul White as someone commentary. And by the way, and and if you if it was commentary used, you know, once or twice a year, because the past few times, even Brandon, as in that Randy Orton match, you came on that week and said that was a pretty good match. None of this is. I'm I'm not offended. By Big Show being in AEW, I'm offended by the notion that it's a huge thing. Yes. I'm, I'm offended by the things that you say about WWE and then turn around and talk about with yes. AEW. Those are offensive to me. Yes. No, uh, 100% you are absolutely right about that. But I just want to separate the two things. Right. We can say this is ridiculous while also saying, you know what? Paul White and AEW is actually, if used properly, is kind of interesting. I don't, I don't disagree that there is a role and a potential good role for Paul White. Again, there is another problem, which is, as I keep talking about, you're doing a thousand things. You're just... It, the answer right now for AEW is just do more. Let's do another YouTube show. Let's do another, like, in, instead of focusing, and, and to John's point, instead of focusing and drilling down on, tell me good stories. It's just more and more and more and more and more. And now here's the big show. And, like, by the way, I, I'm going to say something that will probably catch people off guard. As awful as the Sting idea has been, the segment on Wednesday night was delightful television. It was fun. It was it was sort of silly. There's still bigger problems that exist, but just in a vacuum alone, that segment was an entertaining segment of television. If and it was I, the first time that Darby actually felt like a little bit of a focus. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I like that segment too, you know, for, for what it was. Just to go back to the big show for a second, that that's this is the epitome of the thing we talk about. Like with, and again, it's not him being there; it's the fans, and it's the fact that let's take it one step further and say this is a guy that you did not even want on WWE TV. So, like, for them to act like this, for for people online to act like this was some big get over that they got on WWE it's been hilarious for me because these are the same people who would complain if he was on the Royal Rumble or if he was in you know a match for the title or whatever right. like anything that he did this was some this is someone wrestling fans have been somewhat over for a while not counting like casual fans or young fans or whatever people, but the people yeah. That we're talking about have been over Big Show forever. Yeah, the, the the people that are AEW fans, <laughs> those the are the I- people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The idea that they would be even a remotely excited that this man is on their show is insane to me. Well, it's common. And, yeah. And yeah. and it's also and, and it, by the way, I also feel like the people like if if there are people on the other side that are very invested in 
NXT somehow eventually eclipsing them. I'm not so sure they care so much about that, except for just being sort of at the same rate. But like, if if they are, they are sending people like that to that show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like in in my head, like if I'm the NXT guy wanting to get a better rating, I'm I'm hoping they sign him. I'm hoping they sign Dolph Ziggler. I'm hoping they sign. Every person that no one gives a shit about anymore, because that that's going to make your product lesser than what they're competing with. Um, you know, I I got to think that thought through a little bit more. In, in right, a sense right. of in a sense of who who the well, wrestling I mean, fan. You're you're what you're describing is the thing that we talked about before, which is that you're making a WWCW right. Like if you're just yeah. constantly signing yeah. that that type of person. Now I. I kind of disagree about, like, say, Dolph Ziggler. I think wrestling fans still love Dolph Ziggler. I think wrestling fans think that Dolph Ziggler's gotten the shaft from WWE. And so I do think there would be a genuine excitement about Dolph Ziggler in AEW with the hope being that they'd use him the right way. The problem being, as we've pointed out, they haven't. Hero. <laughs> they, they haven't. There, there is literally no track record for the idea that someone that was getting a raw deal in WWE is going to be in a better situation in AEW. None. There isn't an example of that. Name one. Thank you. It doesn't exist. The, it's wait, the one wait, that wait, 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 wait. There is one. Who am I not Who? thinking of? Cody Rhodes. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> well, okay. Right. That is the one. Yeah, but that wasn't something that went directly from WWE to AEW either. I, so I mean, he also is running the company. Yeah, so, yeah. It, well, I, no. I mean, that would come on. No, but it, it doesn't even work for my qualifier because I'm talking about the idea that you're leaving WWE for AEW. Right. No one has left WWE to find greener pastures in AEW. It's just now. As I've said a million times, there are probably still people that would say, but I just got to be honest with you. I'm glad that I'm not in a company where the whims of one old man are what rule, runs everything. They have every right. You know what I mean? Like, even if we acknowledge it's not better for them, they might still say, I just don't want to be in the company where Vince McMahon is the end-all, be-all of every decision, and I feel like, you know, I'm in a better place artistically because I'm not dealing with that. Okay. Even or, simple, or all the stuff we simple as something is, I can do Twitch. Yeah, right. All you know, the, like all the stuff we don't see is better. One hundred percent. But for yeah. fans, for fans, there's no benefit to that. You feeling better about the place where you work doesn't change whether or not you're doing something that's good work. Like it, it doesn't change that at all. And I, I know people try to make the argument that that, it, and it's absurd, by the way, that John Moxley is that example. Not However. <laughs> They but they but they choose to decide to forget that he was like in the main event for two he years. He was a the absolute an absolute top and if star. If you count if you count the shield, he was in the main event for right. Oh, there five there is years. no example of someone who has found a a greener pasture in AEW as far as creative is concerned. Again, they might might be finding in their personal life that might be the case. I can't speak to that, but there's been no greener pasture on the creative side in AEW than there was in WWE, which is almost stunning, right? Like, there's there's a side of me that would, that almost feels like at some point if you're AEW, you would have to purposely push someone to, like, push that thought process through. That, like, even, even if it doesn't make sense, like, we better, you know, we better do something really good with ins- Miro, with, with whoever it's going to be, so that people can believe that you can do better in AEW than you were doing in WWE. They've. It almost feels like it's purposeful that and they it, haven't funny, done I was, that. I was thinking about that yesterday, thinking about Miro, and there was a part of me that was like, 
is it possible that they're like intentionally doing this and making him go from the ground up to prove, you know, because back in the spring we we're saying, oh, they're just taking guys like Brian Cage and Brody Lee and just putting them right into the main event. And for whatever reason with Miro, they're just like, you know what? We're just not going to do that at all. We're gonna I do don't know, man. Opposite. Yeah, it's right. Weird. It's weird as uh, shit. I, I, I will say this. It, there is. So there is something to be said about like. If you listen to all of the sort of, you know, or read books or whatever about the end of WCW or the last few years of WCW, like it's starting to feel eerily reminiscent of, you know, if you hear if you hear recounts of like wrestlers saying what it was like to be there and things, they would say stuff like, oh, well, the creative was a complete mess, um, you know, but who cares because I got a great paycheck and I only had to work a day, two days a week or whatever. Right. Com- compared to a little bit less of a paycheck with WWE working every day. And it's interesting that like, those were the things that seemed to be the only reason why the only good thing anybody ever really said about that company. And it's kind of interesting to see that. Like, it seems like that's the appeal of this one for a lot of these guys too. Like, um, like yeah, maybe I mean, I mean right. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think there's a lot of, you know, I, well, gray area I, there, but but I would also straight. say I don't know that they think the creative is as bad as we do. This is the part that I'm still struggling that's, with. That's interesting, right? Is it, like like how does Miro think what he's doing right now is any good? I I don't know, and he's defended it, right? Like, but I don't I don't know how he could feel that way. I don't know how he could think that this is worthy of him. Th- this, what about the revival? Like all of these guys, really. I mean, I mean, I mean for like, the, okay, you can make the revival argument for the first two months. For two months, the revival yes. looked like the example of the people that got away from WWE and found significantly greener, greener pastures. And then those two months ended, and now we're putting fucking Tully Blanchard over. Yeah, and they had their. By the way, they had their two months in WWE too. I, I probably, say, probably more with, than that. Without the Tully Blanchard, I would almost say, with the exception of the Young Bucks story, like I have no problem with them feuding with Jurassic Express. I like That's them feuding. Feud that I do. I do like them feuding with Jurassic Express. But Just somehow, but somehow, we've taken what was a really compelling. This is it's comparison, right? The Young Bucks thing should have been so fucking compelling, but they purposely made it so that it wasn't. This should be really compelling, and instead, it's about goddamn Tully Blanchard. What, what? It's you have to try to screw these things up. You have to try to make FTR versus uh, uh, the Lucha Express less interesting. You have to. You have to purposely say, you know, this would be good. So how do we make it worse? It's insane how these things keep happening. Why is this a thing? What is this company? It 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 feels like a gag. It feels like they're in on a joke and they're laughing at all of these marks and they're just like, let's just do the dumbest thing that we could possibly do and we're going to make it worse because we're doing it with people that they like. Like, what is that? To explain, explain in any world why Tully Blanchard would become the story in this program. In any world, why that would be something you would do. Yeah, do it. It ain't for ratings. I mean, John's point is actually relevant about, like, we'll just do anything for ratings. It's not a good way of running. By the way, the the Cody Shaq thing, I don't like, but I understand 100%. Right. There's things that, like, you know, the Forbidden Door 
is like, let's see if this will just pop a number next week. There's no real story there. As I, as I warned, there is no story. We're not getting a story out of this. It's not interesting. It's not compelling. It's not helpful. But let's just see if it works. Let's just keep doing things to see if they work to pop ratings. Making Tully Blanchard the central figure of a story ain't helping you in the ratings department. What the fuck is it? What is it? Who is that for? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't have an answer. I don't know what to say. Uh, the, I mean, the other thing I think is tricky, too, I think we've talked about this in previous weeks, is, well, there's two two aspects to this. One we haven't talked about that I've wanted to, and one we have talked about. The one we've talked about is that they aren't promoting good main events. Um. Their main event was Lance Archer versus Phoenix. Which is a good match. It was a good match. Great match. Doesn't make it a bad match. I just don't understand. I just don't understand that. I, I understand the point you're trying to make. I'm I, I'm a I'm gonna mitigate a, I'm gonna say it's a little mitigated by the fact that it does feel like they have been purposely pushing Lance Archer. Okay. And that's fair. And and that that should be a good thing. And, we we should and in your in your way there they could be trying to make two new stars, which is what we want. Right. Like right. and and it's it's you know it, that that's muddied a little bit because are the are the Lucha Brothers single stars or not, right? Like that that part is muddied, but I think specifically I like the idea of identifying I, I like I'm not big in on Lance Archer. He doesn't do a lot for me, but at least it's something. <laughs> like at least it's someone they're taking and saying Let's try to push this person and make them a star. It's been a complete bass Ackard's way of going about doing it to get to this point, but at least it does feel in the last couple of weeks like they've identified him as being a star. You know, it's feeling like the guy going into that match. Like they've done some things that I'll give them credit for that, like that feels good. But I'm not going to try to bamboozle you, Brandon. No, it's not. It's it's not on on its own big. Announcing that as your main event does not make people say, I have to tune in to see Lance Archer versus Ray Phoenix. So let me give you the other half of this, which I texted you guys about, and we never got to because it was a busy week. Um, and then we got to wrap I, up. I just realized we got to okay. wrap up here. Okay. I find it confusing that they try to promote like 15 things for their shows. And it makes me, it lays out the show in a way that it's not. Um, as exciting to watch it because like when I watch NXT and I know, I know there's issues that they're going to address and I know there's like one or two or three tent pole things, but like, I think watching the show is a little exciting because I don't know what things are going to happen or who's going to wrestle versus a show that gives you all 15 of what their segments are going to be the day of the show, or the day before the show. Like there's something about that that bothers me. I don't know if it's like, Oh, well there's nothing unexpected that's going to happen there. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I, I, I sort of understand what you're saying. It's different, yeah. but I don't know that it's bad. I don't know if it's bad, but I do think there's something to what Brandon's saying, which is like I don't necessarily need to know everything that's going to be on this show. I think it's okay that sometimes I come back from commercial genuinely not knowing if I'm yes. if I'm if I'm sticking in for two hours. There's some excitement about genuinely not knowing what's next, and by announcing so many things that are happening on your show, it leaves very little room. You know, might not know what order they're coming in, but it leaves very little room for you to not know kind of like what could happen otherwise. And again, some of that, some of that is is a, is a bigger problem because they're pre-taping shows right now. They're not doing live shows, and you would think, you know, if at some point we ever get back to live shows, there would be a little bit less of that moving forward. 
Um, it is awkward when they cut back into you know, like, and again, not everybody can tell the audio differences, but if you're in this business, you certainly can. When they went back and re-edited something into the show later, like they clearly did with all the big show stuff last night, that there's there's some there are awkward things that I I'm still willing to give a little bit to the side of it's related to the pandemic, but I also think to to, to John's point. A lot of it is about obsession over numbers. We're going to tell you everything that's coming up in hopes that one of these things is the thing that you're interested in. Right. Because we're desperately trying to keep you. And we're terrified that we're going to lose you. So we're going to lay out everything. And hopefully you like something in that mix so that you'll stick around and watch the rest of the show. I just think it goes back to our storytelling conversation. Because like in my head, I know exactly what storylines are going to be addressed on NXT without seeing any outline of their show. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, what's Adam Cole going to say? What's going to happen with Dexter Lewis? Like, what's what's the Zia Lee thing? Like, I feel like I know exactly what to expect and what to anticipate and what to want to know about without them doing, without them giving me a menu. You know, and, and I don't feel that way about AEW. Aside from, I want to see what the inner circle's doing. I want to I want to see what John Moxley and Kenny Omega, you know, I want to see where that's going. Aside from that, I see why they do that because because no one knows what's going on with the other stuff. Yeah, I hear you. All right, anything that we didn't cover, we got like th- two minutes. Yeah, uh, I, I I just want to say I laughed so hard at the Johnny Gargano uh, promo because that, in a nutshell, like was uh, listed what was wrong with it. The fact that a guy who kidnaps and chloroforms <laughs> and you know maybe tortures people is a face yeah it is that was kind of goofy by the way i did think this segment was better for the undisputed era breakup than the the previous one was um i thought this was doing a little bit of a swerve and then retelling it i actually i thought this was a far better segment than what we got that night um i i in a weird way, it almost makes me like, you know, I don't want to say I take back what I said before, but I, I really think this this was a really good story that they told on Wednesday night. And they they had me, you know what's really amazing? They had me hooked despite the fact that I was watching an hour after it happened, and I already seen tweets about what happened. And they still had me hooked to the idea of like, maybe I didn't see all the way through, and maybe like at the end they, they were okay with each other. Like they... They did a really good job. That was really good at the end of the show on Wednesday night. I was on board with that. Agreed. All right. Uh, let's get some plugs in. Aaron Vison. Uh, yeah. Vison.com. Of course, watch or listen to the nightcap 7 to 10 Pacific, 10 to 1 a.m. Eastern time. You can follow Vison.com or on iHeartMedia or Vison.com uh, backslash Vison underscore live. And of course, at the AOster on Twitter as well. By the way, I, I did get a message from our buddy Chad Lamasso, who's one of our regulars. He said, I got to say, I wasn't in on Cameron Grimes until last night with the DiBiase stuff. But, that, oh my God. What? That was the best thing I've seen in WWE for some time. I, I mean, he's not wrong about that, but what? I mean, that's the part. That's Cameron the only Grimes? part that I don't understand. It's like Cameron Grimes has been so consistently good that I, I am stunned that like, that was the one that finally like made you realize how good he was. But, um, I mean, I do, yeah. I, do, I do like there being another Cameron Grimes convert. I am on board with that. I, uh, I appreciate that. But, yeah, that was weird that it was that one. That was the one. Net, bet, better late than never, I guess is what I, I would say. I don't even think that was his best bit. Oh, I think the 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 pre-recorded promo was even yeah. the, from from the pay-per-view was even better. Like, yeah, that was that was. Oh, the song. Yeah, yeah that the, that the was the some of the great. And him, I still nobody's made me that oil painting. 
Um, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was right. so wonderful. Um, but I'm glad you're coming around. I do appreciate that, Chad. Brandon, did you want to plug something? McDonald's has a new fried chicken sandwich. And isn't the Shamrock Shake back? Uh, I think so. I think I heard. I think if I it's saw not, that. it will be very soon. I think I saw that. How, how's the fried chicken sandwich? It's it's pretty good, but I will say this: I do need to. If you're in the Nash, I think it's the Nashville area. Um, Taco Bell has a chicken sandwich coming out that is in like a taco. Sh- it's like really weird what? looking. We're not ge- we're not getting it yet. It's going to be a while till it goes everywhere. But I think Nashville and I can't remember the other market that's getting it immediately. But I think March 11th or something like that. So I'm looking. I love the fried chicken uh, sandwich just, wars. I'm looking at it right yeah. now. It's something I don't think I need. A I fried def- chicken sandwich from Taco Bell. I, I definitely don't need it in any way. I mean, I'm obviously going to try. Well, th- well, we we need you to do that. That's the way that this operates. We need you to report and, and the, that. The, the worst one of all time was the uh, the KFC one where the bun was, I was the chicken. Whoa, that, oh, that thing was all right. That was insane. The KFC tried to do like a pickle fried chicken thing a little while yeah. ago, and of course for the culture, I had to try that, and it was just nothing. I was really was, disappointed in that. Was KFC the place that had the donuts with the chicken, or am I thinking like they Mark, like, did do that? I think I think they did yeah. do that briefly. I think they did that briefly as well. The, the double down was like the first bite was fine, and then after that, I felt like I wanted to die. Yeah, <laughs> not like necessary. The whole thing, not necessary. <laughs> All right, uh, at AJ Francis 410, of course, and uh, we can't wait for April 18th, and that will be awesome. Maybe we should do it. Oh, we can't really do viewing parties anymore. <laughs> I was going to say we should do a viewing. I guess we could do like a, we could do like a, a Zoom thing. We could do like yeah, a, a Zoom call. If you guys would be interested in, wa- in doing a watch along with us. Or we could do a Clubhouse like while it's airing, too. We could do that. I don't, I don't know enough about Clubhouse. Yeah, what's, what's Clubhouse? It's just an audio chat app. It's really easy. Yeah, I've, I've heard about that. You start a room. You invite people. You, you can control who is in control and who's I, either not. One, if, if you guys would be interested in watching the first show together with us, um, just uh, we still have an email address, Aaron. Yeah, I'd have to look it up. Tweet Aaron. <laughs> Isn't it jobbing out show at Gmail or something? There it like is. Yeah, jobbing out. Yeah, I, I have it. I, I just haven't. Give the info to Brandon. Brandon's in charge of the email now because he was the only one that knew what it was. So you gotta give me the password, guys. Give it, Aaron, <laughs> give Brandon the password to the email, and Brandon will be in charge. Email us jobbing out show at gmail.com. Tell us that you'd be down for a watch along with the uh the first um episode of AJ's show, WWE Most Wanted Treasures. Uh, thanks again to John. Thanks to AJ for uh, Brandon, for Aaron, and for the main event. Oh, I didn't even say, hang on a second, at Glenn Clark Radio, glennclarkradio.com. Sorry. Now, for all those a-holes and for the main event, Ven. 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 AJ Francis, I'm Glenn Clark. This is Ben chopping out. Chopping out. Fuck the things that we talked about that we can't talk about still on the show.